Hi there, this is Lucy King. Before we start, I want to make a quick request to rate, follow, and subscribe to Making Contact wherever you're listening. Now, on to the show. Making, making, making contact. Making contact. <laughs> I'm Anita Johnson, and on today's Making Contact, we'd like to introduce you to Rachel Lamb and Jenny Asarno. Artists who created Saltwater Soundwalk, an audio experience exploring the people, land, and waterways that define Seattle. Starting with you, Jenny, please introduce yourself to the listeners. Sure. Hi, I'm Jenny Asarno. I'm one of the creators of Saltwater Soundwalk, and I am an audio artist, producer, editor, educator living in Seattle on Coast Salish territory. Um, and I guess a little bit more about me that informs my relationship to this place and to the piece is that I am something that from my experience are being a part of a diaspora community of Ashkenazi Jewish people, being a white person living in America, as well as being a parent of a two and a half year old and trying to work out how to raise someone with a good relationship to places we live in. My name is Rachel, and I'm the other creator. Um, and if it's okay, I'd want to speak a little bit of my mom's tribal language. So, Lejili Dagwadoa, Jigaduagi, Giyu Ugama, Giyi, Giyu Nega, Honolulu, Agwade Nai, Siao Tiguanasai, Nole Gea Nogu. Um, I was born in Honolulu, which is Kanaka territory, and I grew up and I'm living right now in Salus territory like Jenny. Well, Rachel, tell us a bit more about Saltwater Soundwalk. Uh, what's the origin story? How did you all come together? And why was this an important story for you all to tell? Well, Jenny reached out to me um, to see if I wanted to work on the piece. And we met when I was in high school through a youth radio program at an NPR station in Seattle. And we both really like experimental audio projects that um, are maybe not everyone's cup of tea, but are just really fun to listen to for people that love sound. And so the project that she was describing sounded just absolutely amazing. And then because I work really closely with my tribe's language, I was really, really excited to be able to be part of a piece that could center language in a way. I felt like it would be really fun to uh, work with language speakers in this area, not being native to Seattle, but um, having grown up here and having different family friends uh, who I immediately thought of as people who could help advise um, where the piece should go. And Jenny? Yeah. um, Saltwater Soundwalk is, I describe it as an audio experience. It's intended to help listeners think about our relationships and responsibilities to the Salish Sea and other waterways. And it's something that you can listen to on site if you're in this area in Washington State, Seattle, Coast Salish Territory, or it's something you can listen to online. I think one important thing to know about the piece is that um, it's not like a typical Um, narrative story you might hear on like NPR or something like that. 
the way the story came about was, I would say through relationships, it was definitely informed by relationships to the water itself. Um, we really wanted this to sound watery and feel watery. And um, we traveled to different um, locations along the waters in this region to get recordings. And we also um, were lucky to receive recordings from people who've recorded fish and animals under the water. Um, Rachel had reached out to a number of local tribes and specifically to people who um, were, you know, language experts, history experts, and people um, sent in their own recordings that we then wove together through the piece. So some of the recordings we received were, you know, one individual talking, some of them were one person interviewing another person. Um, it was just a pretty wide variety of recordings. Um, we started in 2020, like a little bit before <laughs> all, all of this, uh, you know, lockdown and everything went down. And then of course there were many delays as a result, but yeah, it was, it was a long process. <laughs> I could definitely imagine that it was a long process considering everything that happened in 2020 and beyond. Throughout our conversation today, you've been saying Coast Salish, but is that the only language that was being spoken? Are there multiple languages that were included in the piece? How does it vary? And then also maybe tell us a bit about the native people that are specific to the region, this area. Um, so there's a couple of different languages being spoken in the piece because there's um, people speaking from a couple of different tribes. So some of the languages are Tuwaduk and Lushootseed and Tulushootseed. And as far as like some <laughs> words to set up the history of the place, mm, Seattle is an interesting place because Seattle is named after Chief Seattle. But Native people, when the city was built, weren't allowed to be in it after dark. So it's a place that is seemingly really connected with Native people, but at the same time has um, doesn't want really anything to do with them. <laughs> and there's lots of things in Seattle that are very Native-esque, when they're still the city uh, and the history of the city kind of pushes it away, which I think is something that everyone talks about in the piece. So I think that the, like if there was some words to set up the Native history in Seattle, um, it would just be that it's uh, this push and pull of Seattle elevating Native voices, but not always in uh, an honest way, I guess. Well, thank you both Jenny and Rachel. Now for the rest of today's show, we're going to share a part of Saltwater Sound Walk with you, the listening family of Making Contact. This is how Rachel and Jenny wove together recordings they collected with native languages, water sounds, and conversations. Here's an excerpt of their piece exploring the stories and voices of indigenous Coast Salish people, the Salish Sea, and connecting waters. Gwalapu 
Yayus Workman Yayus Tibstar Michelle Miles Tibstar Archie Cantrell Tibstar Randy Purser Smith Tibstar Superchad Ladine Johnson Close Conaway Owen Nicodem Quo is water. Quo is gathering. I, I think I can feel where water is. H T Stoltoluk Yuf T Holch Totis Ishichas Tolalturi Tuha. It's such a soft feeling. As young as I can remember, it has been the beach and the water that my existence has been drawn to. Fish, fish in general. The king salmon, the sockeye salmon. Treaties the, um, are guaranteed by salmon, the Constitution, silver salmon, yet they are broken head. every day. We're forced to find a different home. Broken every the day by environmental degradation. It was and like a barren wasteland or desert. Love the rivers and saltwater have been important to our people since the beginning of time. Chahuadko Chahuadko hit the water. The Lake Union is a good memory for me. My name is Warren King George. I was born in 1965 in Auburn, Washington very near the present-day Muckleshoot, Buckleshoot Reservation. My father's bloodline is how I'm enrolled in the, in the Buckleshoot tribe. Gasworks Park is, is a great park for a lot of people. Most people who visit the park I don't think they have any idea of the traditional history and the traditional value of that area, of that banks of the Lake Union. Gasworks Park is, is a great park for a lot of people. And the last time I was there, uh, I got to fish that, that water with my sister, Leanne, who carries the traditional name Sualet. And uh, we got to fish together. We fished for sockeye. We got to uh, exercise a tree right. Sockeye salmon, tsawad, tsawad is the way you can say that in Lushutsid. You know, it's it's rare that we get a a treaty sockeye fishery. Tsawad. And we fished in Lake Union. Um, Lake Union falls within the, the usual and custom area of the Muckleshoot Indian tribe. 
there was so much activity going on that day with boaters and sailboaters and jet skis and <laughs> people walking their dogs and, and families enjoying the picnic, couples you know, walking around holding hands, and people flying kites and you know, there was sunbathers. It was strange because I was there for a totally different reason. The place that my sister and I fished was very near uh, Chihuadco. Chihuadco. It was just east of Chihuadco. Yafti Holch, Totis Ishidchas, Tolal Turi Tuhak. The rivers and salt water have been important to our people since the beginning of time. Yayus. Workman. Yayus Tibsta. Workman is my name. Yayus Tibsta Hatta Duabs. I am workman of the Duamish tribe. Hakuyeko, Hakuyeko. Siab Siachan. Great, 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 great grandson of Chief Seattle. I. So that city over there is named after my great-great-great-great-grandfather. So, Seattle. Hey, Grandpa, how you doing? So we say Slalil, which means uh, come ashore. Slalil de Siaya Adishapad. Come ashore onto this land, Gwihi de Siaya. Welcome, my friend. And that generally is, is enough. And people go, okay, <laughs> the Duwami said we can be here. <laughs> and so, so we all have a good time, but we also do the same thing when we're on somebody else's land. We recognize that that's their land. Those are their people, ancient people in the ground. And they've been there for a long time and it, you just can't you know, be trespassing. You have to ask for permission. Except today, our land is downtown Seattle with space needles and skyscrapers and billionaires upon billionaires upon billionaires. So it's changed. 170 years ago, there was nothing over there except beaver and elk and deer and seagull and seals and stuff like that. But here we are, it's a wonderful day. It's blue sky and clouds and the air is crisp and the city is all lit up from the sun. Over here where the stadiums are, uh, the baseball stadium and the football stadium, just about a half a mile to the north of them is the ancient village of Zizalalich. 
our names are about places. The Lashootseed language comes from the land. Duflelap 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 is a very ancient name, a prehistoric name. Our names are about places. Duflelap Duflelap It is a name of a place, of a bay, and since 1855, the name of a reservation. Tulalup. Tulalup. The name is mispronounced by so many people, but Tulalup is nearest to the right pronunciation for the Snohomish Indian word Duflalup, which means the long bay. Michelle Miles Seeds Dot, Stohobs Chad Tualti Duflelop, Jones Charles Alsi Squaliguad de Ishid, Miles Alti Badaliguad de Ishid, Uyayush Chad Alti Duflashutsi Department, Dusuguk Salik Chad Ati Duflashutsi Dalti Heritage High School, Abs Budbadat Chad Akwe. Oaks. So first off, we're going to talk about some names that are located around Tulalup, Duflelop. The first one we're going to talk about is Hebulb. Hebulb. It was the largest Snohomish village. Chikax. And that is the place where the woolly dogs were kept. Spibada. Spibada. And it still holds that name till this day. Zidzalalich. Zidzalalich. That's what we call Seattle. Ashad What's Aguish Up Aguish Sahweb Abats Sahweb Abats In Lashuti, it means a place where jumping occurred. Nowadays, there are a number of houseboats that are moored along this waterfront, and so that's located near Gasworks Park. Scup, scup, shed. So what's fascinating about all these land formations, you have to think back that when our people were 
naming these places in Lachutzeed, there were no planes at that time. Our people had to walk, um, travel by canoe, and for them to name all these locations around Washington State, all through Seattle, all the way up until you get to Canada, is amazing. Chahuadko. Chahuadko. The place that my sister and I fished was very near uh, Chahuadko. Chahuadko. The literal translation means hit the water. The reason why we call Chihuadko hit the water was historically and traditionally that was one method of fishing and you would, we would hit the water to drive the fish into these traps. We were fishing near, very nearby. Uh, Chihuadko hit the water. That was a was an old fishing site, an old village site. Lucy Cha we fish with nets. Luosis just quigweduk. We dive for gooey duck. Kluk eladzad chas a quibusk. We trap for crab. Klu a chub chas. We dig clams. Kluk eladzad chas a quisaich. And we trap for shrimp. Klu fuit fuit chas a slichaa. Chasla Olos Chas. We continue to gather, fish, and travel by water in our traditional waterways. I feel connected to our waters. The rivers and salt water have been important to our people since the beginning of time. It is a water that supports all the life we seek to support and feed our families.
I, I think I can feel where water is. I use it to orient myself. Once I feel where is water, I can then figure out where I am. Hi, uh, my name is Ryan Federson. I'm a visual artist based in Tacoma, Washington. I'm also a member of the Confederated Tribes of the Colville Reservation, descended from the Okanagan and Arrow Lakes bands. Water, when it's alive, is continuously moving. And I'd like to pose that water and bodies of water have inherent rights as all life does. When we do not treat those bodies of water respectfully and when we act destructively, we are violating their rights to live. So let's see. Um, here's what we've gone to in the past uh, 24 hours or so. Yeah, we had a spill um, from a garbage truck. And what happened was the contents of the garbage truck caught on fire and the garbage truck had to dump its load in the street. There was a spill of sewage. We had a another garbage truck this morning spill a bunch of uh, antifreeze. And we had a diesel spill at an intersection. When I show up to some of this stuff and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I don't want to touch this. <laughs> My name's Eric Autry. I'm a senior environmental compliance inspector and I'm the lead of Seattle Public Utilities Spill Response Program. Our motto is only rain down the drain. You know, my whole job is to make sure that pollution isn't getting into the water through the stormwater system. Painting watercolors, shaving your legs, swimming and making pools, doing the dishes, shampooing your hair, shampooing a pet, growing food, watering herbs. These are all very mundane things that we do, but as banal as these tasks are, they're possible through us having access to and consuming this uh, clean water. I don't think as like community members, we think about how our actions could, you know, cause stormwater pollution, things like washing your car or having a leaking vehicle, spraying out a paintbrush in your driveway, you know, pretty innocuous things that you're like, ah, oh, this isn't a big deal, but it's the combination of all of these things together that has an effect on the environment. If you're putting something on the ground, on an impervious surface, you're putting it in the water. It's going to get there. The road, your curb, your driveway, that's the water. We just listened to an excerpt from Saltwater Soundwalk, 
produced by Jenny Asarno and Rachel Lamb. If you find yourself in Seattle, you can visit Gasworks Park to experience this project in person. Again, thank you both to Jenny and Rachel for that amazing story. To find out more about Saltwater Soundwalk or listen to the full 55-minute audio story, go to saltwatersoundwalk.net or check out our website at radioproject.org. And we'd love to hear your thoughts about today's show or perhaps your suggestion for a story idea you would like for us to cover. You can also leave us a comment or visit us on social media. On Facebook, we're making contact. On Twitter, we're making underscore contact. And on Instagram, we're making contact radio project. This episode of Making Contact was supported in part by a Moral Courage grant from the Satterberg Foundation. I'm Anita Johnson. Thank you for listening to Making Contact. Making Contact.